Hey, it's Jason. Before we get into this podcast episode, quick question for you. And that is, would a private voiceover community help you? Basically, uh, think of it like a place, like an online community to meet, ask questions, encourage others, and get audition feedback so that you can grow as a voiceover actor and grow your business. Is that something that you would be interested in? I've had some students ask me about it, so I just wanted to kind of put a feeler out there and just see uh, if there's any interest in a voiceover community. If you want to see more details about it and give your input, you can do that at voiceacting101.com slash group. There's a form there. You just fill it out. That's got some questions on it, and that'll kind of give me some uh, feedback on whether or not you're interested in it. It's up in the air right now. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but it is something that has been brought up a few times. So I just wanted to put it out there and see uh, if there was anyone else interested in it. Again, it's voiceacting101.com slash group. I'd love to get your input on it. All right, that's it. Now on to the podcast. Today's question on the podcast is all about processing your voice. I'm sure that your voice sounds great as is. Sometimes it's called raw or dry, but a voice processor, when you run your voice through the processor, it's going to add some warmth and make it sound more polished. And there's a couple ways to do it. We're going to get into it today on the podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Jason back with episode number 15 of the Voice Acting 101 podcast. And this is where I try to answer your voiceover questions in the least amount of time as possible so that you can get back to work. And today's question, it's an audio submitted one, and it comes from Chuck. This is Chuck Conover from Houston. I'm really interested in hearing a more detailed discussion about the audio chain from the microphone to the computer. I've seen lots of discussions on YouTube videos and blogs about using plugins as a last resort. But what about audio processors that are on the analog side between the microphone and the audio interface? Is there any benefit to that? When should one be used, etc.? I appreciate your consideration of my question. Thanks for the question, Chuck. In case you're unfamiliar with what Chuck's talking about, he's referring to audio processors or voice processors and where to have it in your setup. So I'll first cover what a voice processor does and then some things to consider, some factors to consider and the pros and cons of the different options and then what I would recommend. So a voice processor is a way to make adjustments to the sound of your voice. And for voiceover, this typically means it's going to have a de-esser, a compressor, a limiter, expander, maybe an EQ. And if you don't know what those things are, just know that it's a way to tweak your voice uh, to make it sound better. And without one, your voice is going to sound flat or plain. It's kind of like when you go to the eye doctor and you they put that lens in front of your eyes and they ask you which one is clear, one or two, one or two. So if you compared your dry or your raw voice to the voice going through the processing, you'd say, oh yeah, the processed one sounds much better. You know, it's still your normal voice, but the volume level is more balanced. Uh, The good frequencies are increased to make your voice stand out, and the cloudy frequencies are lowered, which uh, just makes you sound better overall. Now, because processing improves the sound of your voice, you're going to notice that improvement when you're playing around with it, and you're going to think, hey, I'm going to add some more and some more and some more, and eventually you go overboard before you know it, and you've overprocessed it. So it's something that you got to be on the lookout for if you are playing around with processing. The goal is to find that middle ground where you know that it's there, but your client isn't sure that you're using anything, uh, but you yourself know that it sounds better than if you weren't using it. That's the sweet spot that you want to find. 
And a lot of clients are going to say no compression, no processing. And some really mean that. They just want the raw voice and they're going to process it on their end. They worry that you're going to go overboard. And then, you know, once that processing has been added to the voiceover, uh, once it's on there, it can't be removed. So they want that dry, raw voice with the flat levels because they can work with that and they can shape it however they want. Other clients may say that they want no processing, but if you're in that middle ground where it's so light that it's not noticeable, that's what most clients are really looking for because they're not going to do any post-processing on it. And anytime you send out audio, you want it to sound your best. So just something to be aware of. Some clients uh, want you to not have any processing on the voiceover at all. Uh, So that's a quick look at what we're talking about when we say voice processing. But back to the question, like Chuck mentioned, there are two ways to do it. And the first way is with hardware. So if you go the hardware route, this means you buy a physical metal box and you plug your mic into it. It's got knobs on it to adjust all the settings. Uh, your mic signal goes into the to the box, to the, to the hardware. It's going to go through it. It's going to process the signal. And then it's going to send it out to your interface, which then converts it to a digital signal. And uh, your interface then sends it to your computer where you can record the signal. Now, the other way is by using software or plugins. So with this option, you don't need that physical hardware. You instead just install the plugin on your computer, and it's going to have the same settings. A lot of times it's made to look like the hardware with the knobs and all, and all the processing is done with that plugin on your computer. And in this setup, your mic signal goes right from your audio interface and then out to your computer, uh, to the plugin where you can do the uh, processing right there on the computer. And you can do either one for voiceover. They both have pros and cons. Before we get into those pros and cons, a quick side note, though. Chuck mentioned he's heard uh, using a plug-in should be a last resort. So what that's typically referring to is a noise reduction plug-in. And that means that if you have a constant hum or a low-frequency background noise, in other words, your noise floor is too loud, you can remove that noise from the recording using a noise reduction plug-in. And it works by removing the frequencies of the noise. And that may sound like magic. You know, you got this loud noise in the background. All you got to do is run it through a plug-in. It's going to get rid of the noise. But there's another side to that. So the reason that you'd want to use a noise reduction plug-in as a last resort is because when you remove those frequencies in order to get rid of that hum, you're also removing those frequencies from your voice. So that can end up making your voice low quality and tinny, and it just doesn't sound like that high quality voiceover that you originally started with. So a noise-reducing plug-in should be used as a last resort or for very, very minor noise reduction. Instead of a noise-reducing plug-in, what you'd be better off doing is just tracking down whatever's causing that noise, whatever's causing that hum, and trying to stop it. Maybe it's an air conditioner or a fridge or a fan on a computer. So the important thing to remember is don't try to remove the noise from the recordings with a plug-in. You want to stop the noise from ever getting into your recording. All right, so with that out of the way, let's cover some of the factors that you may want to consider when you're making your choice, and we'll go ahead and start with the obvious, which is space. So having a piece of hardware is going to take up space uh, in your studio. That's probably not a big deal, but if you're traveling or working from the road and you want the same setup that you use at home, you're going to need to carry that hardware with you. On the other side, if you use a plug-in, you're going to appreciate that it's included with the computer Uh, So it's just one last thing that you need to remember or carry or worry about getting damaged. The next factor to consider is the cost. So there are some affordable plugins from companies like Waves Audio and Isotope. They range from about 40 bucks to $100, but universal audio plugins cost about $300 and up. So they're definitely not cheap. 
hardware-wise, something from DBX for about 200 bucks would be more expensive than a cheap plug-in, but it's going to be less expensive than a universal audio plug-in. And uh, the hardware prices, you know, they really go up from there. It starts at 200 bucks. I think that's probably the cheapest one that you can get, and then it's just going to go up from there. But I will say with the universal audio plugins, what they're doing, they're emulating some of the expensive high-end gear. So for an example, if you went out and you bought an Avalon VT737 on Sweetwater, that's going to cost around 3000 bucks. Or you can get that Avalon VT737 through a universal audio plug-in, and that's going to cost about 300 bucks. So you're getting that high-end sound uh, with uh, the plug-in price for only 300 bucks. And this really just comes down to your budget how much you have to spend on equipment, like a voice processor. And if you don't have any budget at all, if you can't spend anything, maybe you're going to be fine without it. You know, it'll sound flat without it. But you could also uh, just, if you're using an audio editing software like Adobe Audition or Audacity, they've got some built-in compression and EQ effects that you can find in there. And they can end up sounding really good. So check that out if uh, you don't have a budget at all. All right, the next factor to consider would be convenience. So some plugins uh, record in real time and have the processing while you record, but not all of them are going to do that. Some are made more for post-processing, which means you record your voice dry. So if you're using headphones, you're going to be hearing your voice uh, dry. You're not going to hear the process sound. And then you apply the plugin to the recording and you save your file. It's just one more step in the process and you can create shortcuts in your editing software. So it's not a huge deal, but it's just one difference to consider uh, with some plugins, depending on which one you choose. And this also means that you could save the original file with no processing if you wanted to. So you could have that as a backup. Now, if you go with hardware, since it's built into your audio chain, you don't have to do any post-processing if you don't want to. You just hit record and the processed audio is recorded. Uh, this also means that you got to make sure that your settings are dialed in because like we said earlier, once that processing is added, you can't take it away. The next factor to consider would be longevity. I've had a Symmetrix 528E voice processor in my studio since probably day one. So it's many years old. Uh, the only reason that I bought it back in the day was because the radio station where I was working at the time had a couple in the studio uh, there. So I was used to using them and an audio engineer had set them up. So what I did, I just copied all the knob settings to get a similar sound at home that I was getting at the radio station. Uh, and that was a long time ago. That Symmetrix still works today. I don't even think they sell Symmetrix uh, 528. I don't think they sell the 528E anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do. I did a quick search and I couldn't find it. But it's still here. It still works even after all these years. So it's held up over time. But it is physical. Anything physical is going to pick up some dust. It's The knobs, you know, these knobs have a little bit of static in them from time to time. So it's going to fail at some point, whereas a plug-in is just a bunch of zeros and ones. So you can't break it, you can't drop it, and it's not going to wear out. One more factor to consider would be your existing setup. So sometimes it just comes down to what gear you already own uh, when you're going to add new gear or, or the route that you take, uh, in this case, for the voice processor. Your microphone is going to play a big role in whether you use hardware or a plug-in. And by that, I just mean... Uh, how your microphone is going to connect. So if you're using an XLR mic, it's no problem. The audio chain would be your microphone to your voice processor hardware, to your audio interface, to your computer. Or if you're using a plug-in for processing, it would just be your mic to your audio interface to your computer. But 
If you're using a USB mic, which I don't recommend, but some people use them and do fine with it, the voice processing hardware is made for XLR input, sometimes quarter-inch inputs, but I've never seen one with a USB input. So there isn't a way to send your USB mic through your hardware. So if you're using a USB mic, then using a plug-in would be your only option. All right, so those are a few things to consider. Hopefully that helps you decide what's best for you. My take is that hardware was the original way to do it, and for years, plugins never sounded as good as what you get from real physical hardware that you could plug into. But I think Universal Audio changed that with their plugins in the past few years. I would go with an Apollo Twin or Aero from Universal Audio. It's not cheap, but it's your audio interface, and then I would buy a plugin or two to dial in the sound of the expensive high end hardware at a much lower plug-in price. And then you get all the benefits that we've talked about. In hardware, it's still fine to use, but I think it's better suited for live sound nowadays where you don't want to take a chance on a computer crashing. But for voiceover, you know, I think a, a plug-in is the way to go just because it's uh, you can take it with you if you want to travel on the road. So that's a big benefit. All right, that's all I've got. How about you? Let me and Chuck and everyone else know what you're using for voice processing. Leave a comment below. And don't forget to check out the resources section. And I would love to hear your voice on the podcast. If you've got a question, just record it and click the upload your voiceover question button that you see on this page to send it in. All right, that's it for this episode. I'll talk to you next time. Have a great week.